This podcast is part of the Deluxe Edition Network. To find other great shows on the network, head over to deluxeeditionnetwork.com. That's deluxeeditionnetwork.com. Hello, hello, hello. It's me, DJ Unicorn, your pocket DJ, and you're listening to Coffee Coffee Fuel Fuel Stories. This week's special guest is Harry Carpenter, a man inspired by spite. Hello, welcome to the show. Hello, and thanks for having me. I am author Harry Carpenter from Baltimore, Maryland, so I know you're based on the other coast, and I, uh, yeah, there you go, Edgar Allan Poe, yes. Yes. Um, so I actually grew up, like, my, like, born and raised location was 12 minutes from Edgar Allan Poe's house. Oh, man. So obviously, as a, as a youth growing up in the inner city of Baltimore, Right next to Edgar Allan Poe, I decided, by gosh, by golly, in 30 years, I think a great idea would be to write horror stories. In 30 years exact, I shall write this. Um, no, but I, uh, <laughs> I, it, Baltimore is a, is, is a place known for a lot of things. Um, but I like to tell people Hannibal Lecter's from around here. Oh, yeah, because he lived in Baltimore and D.C. So if you watch like Red Dragon and all of that, that's here when he was doing his bad guy thing in Red Dragon. They actually filmed that a few minutes away from a friend's house. So it's it's a very, very notoriously creative area. A lot of a lot of musicians come out of here. I know we were talking before we started recording that, you know, you do the music side, too. But uh, I went to school with Cisco, if that counts for anything. Okay. But, you know, <laughs> like I went to school with that guy uh, before right. he started spray painting his hair silver. Um, so my high school time, I, I had Cisco in, in my uh, school. Yeah, like uh, there's a lot that, that comes out of this town. So I wanted to try to be the next one, maybe. There and you I, go. I tried my hand at music and I tried everything. I've tried voice acting. Um, I'm still trying voice acting. I have, I've never stopped trying. That was... Like, that's how I kind of got, I got into, like, the writing was just, I I wanted to tell stories. And I've historically been a storyteller. I, I loved English class. I always wrote fun, creative stories that were just like, where did this come from? So then, you know, flash forward 20 plus years, I'm like, what if I wrote really weird stories again? So Harry, that is a great introduction, who you are and how you are, and and a great way to start the show. So thank you for that. So I, I do what I can. I, I like to be funny 24-7. Okay, so then we're, we are going to get to some questions, because I do have some questions. Now let's, that, let's questions. So I have a question about cosplay, because you do cosplay. Do you have a favorite outfit? It's hard to say what my favorite is. It really depends on the on the moment, on the mood and the vibe. Honestly, any costume that I can lose myself in, like what they what they consider the cosplay 
end of it. There's costumes and then there's cosplay. The okay. I'm going to say like the um, somebody's going to be like that guy's a liar and he's full of crap. But cosplay is becoming the character. You're not you're not just walking around as the Incredible Hulk. You're walking around speaking in small words, going Hulk smash, Hulk right. hungry, Hulk find potty. You know these are these are the things that you do. So some of my top costumes, I think my favorite. So I I commit to the outfits. I don't I don't do wigs. I've only done a wig once, and I hated it, and I'll never do it again, except for maybe this fall when I drop when I dress up as a uh, Doctor Frankenfurter for a Halloween party. That's the only excuse, and I'm going to be no, I'm not even going to care about the wig anymore because there will be fishnets and leggings, and nice. it'll just be awkward. I went as Daryl Dixon to a uh, there was a pop culture museum near us in the city. And they did a zombie bar crawl. And I came back up from the army. And first thing I found, they were like, come to zombie Gras. And I was like, go on. Come dressed up as a zombie. And I looked at my buddy and I said, to hell with that. What if we went as the walking dead survivors? So he went as the governor and I went as Daryl. And I had short hair because I just gotten out of, like, basically what I have now. But, like, if I know I'm going to be Daryl for the, for an event, my hair will literally be down to like my neck. Like I will have the hair. Wow. So you I go all out for, I commit. <laughs> I 100% commit to, to the outfits. So Daryl was, when we were doing the zombie bar crawl, that was my favorite. And I think I, I retired it. Well, because the walking dead should have been retired 28 seasons ago, but yeah, um, that's a whole different. I was podcast. like, that's, that's a, a whole, whole different, different. That's a whole different show. <laughs> um, I had the hair. I and I always put like wet look gel, so I just looked gross, and I'd put dirt all over me just to look like I didn't shower for the past twenty years of the apocalypse. And one, there was a guy from National Geographic that took my picture and put me into a spotlight, and he took such a good photo that I look just like Daryl's Norman Reedus is Daryl and people like, is that you or him? And I'm like, great question. So when you ask like my favorites, like that, I think moment wise is my favorite. Awesome. But I, I, I love Ghostbusters. It's quotable. It's, it's a, I want to say a perfect movie. Ghostbusters one. Anybody that's going to be like, well, Ghostbusters two suck. Or you you talking about the one with the girls? No, I'm talking about number one. It's a perfect movie. And that's the hill I'll die on. But even Afterlife, the new one, not a perfect movie. Great movie. But not a not a movie that you can just dive into at any scene. I consider that to be a perfect movie for me. If you can just pop on a scene and you're like, yep. Oh, okay. It's the scene where they're doing this. Okay. Yes. And you're in. Like that's yeah. that's a perfect movie to me. Seriously. Okay. The the refrigerator door portal. I mean, come on. Like, when, when she just opens it and it's just right how many times have you wanted to walk up to your refrigerator and you know hope to find a portal yeah right no never but probably never i'd prefer not to because that doesn't end well (laughs) um but yeah like we get um so because of like the love of ghostbusters and then i guess we can move to another question and i was walking the halls and there was this ghostbuster in front of me I looked at his proton pack and I said, no shit, you can make one. Why in my mind, nothing, nothing at that time spawned into my little thinking that you could build. If you wanted to build it, just go make it, go to home Depot or something and get a bunch of crap and make something into something. 
that never the gears never turned before. And then I saw that and I was like, I need to know everything about this. 14-ish, 15. I'm still doing it. I just moved up to Maryland and joined the Charm City Ghostbusters. And we've been doing it since 2013, 14-ish, somewhere around there. We've been and what's like it's hard again, it's hard to answer like what is my favorite costume because each of them do something different for me. Yeah. Um the Ghostbusters opened up a window for charities. We started doing charity walks. And we go in there with like 50, 60 pound proton packs. This hunk of disaster on our backs. Wow. And we have the boots. We have the jumpsuits. We'll have crap on our belts. Uh, some of us will have the goggles on, whatever. And we will do the two, five, six, ten miles, whatever whatever they're asking of everybody that's in their little jogger shorts. It's it's hot out. It's It sucks. And we're out there just sweating buckets and doing the charity. So... I love doing that. And just the, the faces when we show up, um, we ended up doing cystic fibrosis first. Uh, we were walking for, for CF and we've been doing that for five, six, seven years now, something, I don't know. I've lost track of how many years we've done it, but, uh, we've been getting involved with all these different charities. And, but if I make a costume and I put it out in the public world and I want to do stuff, um, it usually is something that means something to me. So it's hard to pick like a favorite Ghostbusters, Deadpool are probably my two primary. You will be doing Fright Reads Book Festival coming up soon. Yes. Fright Reads Book Festival is a, is as the name dictates, it is a horror and Halloween book festival. Fun. I can go into the fun backstory of its origins. So the origins of Fright Reads Book Festival. I had applied to be an author at a local horror book festival, much like my own now. Um, and I said, well, okay. So I had Spooky Tales and Scary Things. I had Fubar had just come out. And I was like, well, that's at least two. That's two spookies. I, I count. So I applied. And I was quickly shot down with an email that says, I'm sorry, you're not a good fit for our event. Thank you and have a great day. And I was like, how the hell am I not a good fit? I have spooky stories. And I ended up doing some further research. I looked into it. Oh, man, everybody was full-blown erotica. Everybody was just banging werewolves and vampires while dressed as a dragon, uh, while secretly a snake person. Mm. All of that kind of stuff was like every single author there. In addition to that, like if you bought tickets and you got the little VIP package, you got like Avon stuff or is that is that even a thing still? Whatever. Yeah, that's what they were giving away in the packages. They were giving away, uh, you know, the, the Tupperware and the the makeups and the, the lip balms and whatever, you know, pyramid schemey type of things. And I was like, but why? I was like, oh, so this definitely isn't a good fit. But I'll tell you how I was pissed. I was I was beyond pissed off that I was told no. And I think I yelled out loud. I said, fine, I'll do my own horror book festival. And that's the origin of Fright Reads in a nutshell. I created an event out of spite. <laughs> and well, that was, I think, I, I think that was 2018, 19. Um, it was 2018 because 2019, they kind of crumbled and went under pre-pandemic. They didn't survive the pandemic. They didn't even survive pre-pandemic. During that time, during the pandemic, the lockdown, I brainstormed and plotted. And I just like, I want to do this. And we came out of the gate with free entry tickets. Um, the, the logic was the pandemic sucked. Let's have fun. Yeah. 
So that's what we did. Our first year was uh, 2021. And it's great. I did it on the right number of years. So like 21 will be year one, two will be year two. Yes. Yeah. So that way it's like somebody's what, what year are you guys on? It's 20, 2028 now. So we're on year eight. You yes. know, <laughs> when we get into the 30s, it's going to be a little confusing. But yeah, for at least the, the first nine, I'm good. Right. Yeah. <laughs> we had a we had a pretty good turnout and it went very well to the point where I was just like, dude, we need to do this again. This was a lot of fun. We had 26 vendors. Wow. 26 vendors. And in three years, I went from 26 vendors in a tiny little rinky dink community center Mm -hmm. to I'm now at a like an event center, like a sports center, which is like three, three basketball courts and some change wide. And I now have 110 vendors set up. Wow. We, we more than tripled, we quadrupled uh, how many people we have under that roof. I, I'm just I'm just in shock and just like there's no way that people are coming to my stupid little event, right? And we ended up having 750 plus people show up last year. Wow! And it's just it's just mind blowing that, and everybody was just like, "This was a lot of fun, man." You can see the passion in this, and I'm like, "Good," because I I'm not making it for y'all. I'm making it for me. I'm here to have fun. To hell with you guys. awesome so everything that i'm doing at the event the guests the the vibe the energy it's all me and it all came from spite that's awesome screw you guys i'm doing my own thing i love it (laughs) i love it that that's awesome but yeah i i literally just wanted a platform to be able to like because I've done book events, I've done I've done book fairs, I've done book signings where there's like a big gaggle of authors. I got one for Barnes and Nobles coming up on Saturday, so like I'm always the odd duck because everybody's like, "You eat scary books? I don't do those." And I was like, "What if I made a scary book place?" And then everybody that's coming in there is looking for murder books. They're looking for scary ghosts. They're looking for demons, goblins, serial killers. You know, murder mysteries, whodunits. Welcome to Fright Reads. That's <laughs> awesome. That is so cool. Everybody needs to know about Fright Reads Book Festival. <laughs> um, yeah, so like Fright Reads was was kind of just a product of spite. I, I tell I I wanted I had that on the uh the website as like its origin story, and somebody was like, that's a little unprofessional. I'm like, but it's true. It has it has evolved into this monster that I can barely contain at this point. We started with, like I said, we had twenty six vendors, bunch of independent authors and and crafters. So one of the names that I got a lot of was Ronald Malfi, and I was like, I know that guy. He lives near me. I've met him on several occasions. We have a mutual friend named Kevin, who is the concert promoter guy. Let me facilitate that. That should be easy enough to get, because we've already met, and we've talked. So Ronald was like, oh, yeah, you're the guy that talked to me at that event. Yes, I am the guy. Um, so, yeah, he threw his hat in the ring, and I was like, yes, Ronald Melfi. Yes. And then it was just kind of a nice happenstance that, we have these cool authors and I'm waiting on the okay, but I'll be possibly announcing a very, very interesting author that got back to me eight months later. And I said, I'll make room for you. I don't care. I'll get rid of my table. I'll find a space. Wow. 
Um, Without going into a name, she is the legacy of a famous horror icon. Oh, oh, oh. Oh, I can't wait. (laughs) That's awesome. That's one of the cool things about being able to do this book festival. I love it. So the fact that you did this, like, that's how I feel. I'm like, I do my podcast my way. I I do what I want. I talk to who Mm -hmm. I want. I read the books that I want. Like, I, it's my show. You have your fun. I exactly. When it stops being fun, that should never happen. So, you know, exactly. So I love that you did, you created something out of spite like and i and i think that that's like the best marketing actually what a, what like an that should be on story. a shirt that should be on a shirt created out of, made out of spite yeah created out of spite i love it i love it so I you may do that that might be a shirt design we'll see i i <laughs> i would i would wear that because that, i have to send you it if i do make it i'll be like here here's your shirt you I, did this and i would rock it i would totally rock it i, and I would reads take, made and out I of spite take, Exactly. I would totally, I would, and it would be an honor to wear that shirt. It would, it would, because you know that when I'm wearing it, I mean it. Like I, I, I'm there with you. Like the oh, fact yeah. that you did this, like I support that a hundred percent. But it's a hell of an origin story. So like unfortunate news today was uh Pee Wee. Yes. Um, but I would have absolutely lost my entire mind to be in the room with him for five seconds. Yes. That I I posted on my author page on Facebook. I was like, the reason I am the way I am today is because of Pee Wee. Paul is everything that I became. I am, I'm weird. I'm goofy. Like that hurt today. Something made noise in the, in my room and it scared the ever loving bejesus out of me. It was like, Ooh, I was like, who ooed in my room? I'm alone in here. <laughs> well, it's funny you say that because your curtain back there, I could see shadows and movement behind you. And oh, I just, cool. I was like, I sure hope that's not somebody back there. And that's just like trees or bushes or something. But I did see movement back there in your window, which is kind of, huh. and now that you're saying that, huh. there well, better not I'll be have anybody to sort there. that out later. <laughs> I'm going to get a big stick and sort out whatever that is later. Whatever yeah. squirrel, possum, or demon is hiding in that corner. <laughs> Holy shit. But, uh, yeah, so, like, okay. It's not my chair, right? Okay. I was like, I'm not rubbing against something. No, I, I saw movement back there again. I, I, if you would like, I'll let you know when I see movement back in your window. So, hmm. It's going to be like, somebody's going to be like, oh yeah, talking to a horror guy and he's making it up. I'm like, no, I'm hearing something that's like, I'm seeing shit in your window moving. Like I see movement out there and I'm like, from where I am, I don't know what's out there. So it's just our cars are right there. Uh, Let's see. The only solution that I can come to is. No. The neighbor's kid isn't home. I mean, he's home, but he's not, like, screwing around with his truck. Um, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. I have no idea. So that's that's weird. And I don't know. I, I don't it's just know like either. it keeps happening. And I'm like, hello? I'm like, hello? I don't know what's happening either. <laughs> um, but, yeah, like, right outside is, like, that's the driveway where the cars are parked. Uh-huh. So if you're in between there, you're wrong. 
<laughs> so oh, like, I don't know. I don't know what's happening. But the over sun there, is but... that direction. So uh-huh. if the sun is way over there, and my neighbor is coming and going into his cars or trucks, there's a chance uh, that it could just be like it could bing, just be shadows, bing, but and just yeah. be enough of a shadow. But it's yeah. weird that you notice it every time that something goes. I I don't really pay attention to it until you notice this. And when you said the sound, I'm like, okay, now the things are lining up. Like that's really just freaky. <laughs> that's really freaky. Weird. Weird. Super freaky. Have you noticed how Coffee Fueled Stories doesn't have any ads? That's because I work tirelessly to keep this show alive. After three years on my own, I've decided I need to ask for your help. I've never asked anyone to subscribe. I've never asked anyone to leave a review. I've never asked anyone to rate the show. And I've never asked anyone to pay to listen. There are a few ways you can help support the show. I've created a Patreon page, Coffee Fueled Stories, and a subscription section on my podcast website. It's simple to support and help me keep my dream alive. Just click the link in the show notes to set up your paid subscription option. It's that easy. Thank you for your support. But uh, yeah, so that's (laughs) my events in a nutshell. Um, Uh, So these are going to be the final two questions. Um, All right. So regarding FUBAR, so it's it's actually going to be a couple different questions, but I'm just going to like, this is the thread that we're going to go with. It's consolidated into FUBAR. Yes. So we have FUBAR. My job in the army, which is kind of where the characters in FUBAR kind of sp- That's where I'm going. They respond like- from. I had a desk job. I did Intel. So I sat on my butt and watched a computer screen. I did get to go on a couple of a couple of rah rah bang bang missions with the Cav Scouts and stuff, um, but it wasn't enough to be like that was my real job. When I was at work, I was usually you know we also had to double down in headquarters because we didn't have enough people. So I was often working in headquarters because my job could be done in fifteen minutes, but it would just have to run all night, and I was just running in fast forward and look for anything fun. So I would be at the headquarters office and uh, our supply person, they they were always hanging out and she was such a good person and she ended up going out to a, uh, to one of the checkpoints and somebody just lobbed RPGs at it. Like they were on sale. Like they just bought them for like a buck 99 at Ollie's or something. She never like our higher ups got themselves combat action badges because they heard a noise she never got awarded one. And I was like, no, no. So I ended up, you know, fast forward 12 years later or whatever. And I wrote FUBAR. It was a story. I said, well, I don't want to tell like this super hardcore, like everybody's just like big, huge, beefy chests. And they're all like, you know, picking up like the, the M2 and they're just firing them off like Schwarzenegger. I don't want that. I want the guys that, you know, this guy's bitching that the 249 is way too heavy. You know, that's yeah. what I, because it is, because that thing sucks to carry. Anybody that's been in is like, yeah, I hate this. Yeah, the 249B, yeah, it's, that's trash, man. And I'm like, yeah, anybody that's had to carry it knows that pain and knows that it sucks to carry. So these are the type of people. Your literal first opening chapter is the main character, which is basically me. Um, Jason Chantry is an army specialist. Um, he is kind of like he skirts by which is basically what i did he stayed out of trouble but he did just enough to get by he wasn't an overachiever but he didn't underachieve played the middle 
which yes. is where you want to be if you're ever thinking to enlist. Play the middle. Don't be the hot shot, but don't be the slacker. Be vanilla as possible, especially in basic. Stay out of the radar. I had a I had an awesome time in basic training. I had a mostly awesome time in the army. Fairly, partially awesome time. These the characters that I wrote for Fubar. Every single person is based on somebody that I know that I served with or somebody that's in my circle that does serve or has served. So when you meet uh, in book one, you meet, obviously, Chantry is me. You're first introduced to him by being at the rifle range. The exchange at the rifle range about his ability to shoot. Uh, this guy shot the target in the crotch, the ear, the hand, a uh, couple in the chest, a few in the neck. Um, you know, they're just like the grouping's not there. He's just kind of all over. That was a real range experience for me. And the response that he gives to the sergeant was a real one that I gave to the range sergeant. He's like, this isn't kill shots, Carpenter. And I was like, yeah, it is. Cause I'm, if somebody shoots me in the ear. I'm done, dude. Somebody shoots me in the hand. I've disabled him. Like, that guy got shot in the beanbag. I don't think he wants to play anymore. <laughs> you know, and I'm justifying it. Yeah. And I said, that's such a fun memory for me. That's the first greeting you get. Chantry's complaining that it's hot and that it sucks in Iraq. Yes. And that the range is just trash. <laughs> yes. And the sand. That's so, in the beginning. He yes. Hates the sand. Yes. Um, and so this leads to my next question, which is, did you ever or have you ever played on, read, or looked at anything that had to do with like either awesome shit my drill instructor says or funny shit my drill instructor says? Somewhere in one of my few bookshelves, I actually have the uh, awesome shit my drill sergeant said book. Yeah, I uh, I love that stuff. Everybody's like a fictionalized version of themselves, but like I did add in everybody like uh, the character of X is based on... Uh, our supply girl who had that rocket attack. Cause I was like, you were a badass and there's no reason you shouldn't be remembered as a badass, even if it's a, not you per se, but you're the one that is pretty kick-ass. That's, um, that's awesome. So, but that's, it's so what's funny about that, because I have the character of X in the story, Amazon's just like, well, clearly your book is LGBTQ. And I'm like, I mean, it's a stretch. I'll allow it. But yeah, like, what were the other questions? So uh, did we, you had we, something after FUBAR probably? Uh, we to at least them, give you more usable questions. All, or was that we, it? Well, I had two more that we didn't tap into at all. Um, so Horror Writers Association, I just have. So HWA, How Long? And then Favorite Childhood Book. So those are the two, uh, those are the two yeah, questions that we have. So, uh, Horror Writers Association, mm -hmm. I actually, uh, it's Ronald's fault. Honestly, if it was, if it's anybody I can blame, it's Ron. Cause I was like, what's Ron doing that I'm not? <laughs> and again, most of my, most of my pushes towards success are out of spite. <laughs> what is Ron doing that I'm not? Cause he, so we had attended StellarCon together, except the difference was I was, I was put in with the peasants. And he had his table next to Winnie the Pooh, Jim Cummings. I think there was people in between, but that's how I perceived it from from where I stood. From your perspective, I'm, I'm yes. down there with the common folk, um, the the rest of the people, um, still an invited guest, but I got mixed in with like everybody else. Why are you over there with Winnie the friggin' Pooh? 
I kind of started to look into him after we met and everything. I was like, what are you doing different other than being a good writer? What what else are you doing? So I was like, oh, well, he's gotten a Bram Stoker Award nominee. Where does that come from? Bram Stoker Award nominee. HWA, Horror Writers Association. Well, that's neat. What is that? Oh, I got to pay to be part of that. But I was like, so how do I make that go? So I did. I figured it out. And still to this day, I think it's just been there. I don't I don't think I use the HWA other than just being in there. I'm just like I'm co- I'm part of the cool kids club. Uh-huh. We finally just got a Maryland chapter. Nice. Hallelujah. I submitted a story for consideration for the for the BSA. I wanted to be at least a nominee just to say that I have the fancy Bram Stoker thing on my books. Right. Um, Bram Stoker award submitter, you know, <laughs> right? Right. <laughs> I should put that on there. Uh, not considered awesome. for the Bram Stoker award. That's, that's, awesome. that's my go on a book. Um, I'm, I'm that kind of personality that I'll just embrace it and not care. I love um, it. I, I tried for a book. It didn't work out. And then that was kind of it. And then I just didn't feel like doing it. Cause I'm like, I don't know. I don't, I don't know the process. And I forgot what I did the last time. And I don't feel like logging onto the website. It's just too much work. And I just kind of have it just to have just, I guess, just to be in the database at this point. But I'm sure it's a very great program that does a lot of great things that I'm too dumb to figure out. So when we actually sit down for an HWA meeting in person that I will show up to, I might ask all my dumb questions. Yeah. So that's that's kind of the H. Every all of my successes are out of spite. (laughs) Like, what is Ron doing that I'm not? Well, he's got that HWA thing. Let me find out what that is. And then that led me down that rabbit hole into uh, throwing money to the HWA to be a member and help maintain that. I did try to offer them a table for Fright Reads, but I guess the the Maryland group got off the ground really, really late. I think it only found its legs in the last two months, really. Like, to the point where they can actually physically appear and do things. Um, They made it to the uh, StokerCon, I think pretty sure i didn't attend because i didn't you know i'm very inattentive to the group as it is why would i go to this convention um i think i was also somewhere else but um yeah so that's literally how i got involved in that just out of spite (laughs) that's a common theme and then the uh you said childhood book yeah yeah yes so are we looking like childhood childhood or like Something that maybe influenced me. Because if we go with childhood, childhood, I was like, I actually got a right there. Hang on. I'll bring her on over. It's like the world's worst Jenga game. Right. So I have, like, if you're talking like kids, kids books, I don't know. I don't remember a lot other than Dr. Seuss. (laughs) Um, But if there was anything aside from, so more modernly, Jonathan Mabry. Mm-hmm. Uh, he he's a awesome author. Yes, I read Patient Zero when it came out. When I got it on my Kindle, or yeah, was it my Kindle? Yeah, my Kindle. Like no, 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 no. My my Nook, my Nook e-reader. That'll throw away back before they even had touch screens and color. So he's my more recent influence for like Fubar. If you read Fubar, and if you've ever read anything in the Joe Ledger series, you'd be like. <laughs> It's son of a bitch. Yeah, I could see where he stole from. You know, he's definitely heavily inspired by. But this is the book. It is the young adult novelization of Doom. This is probably the only book 
that I have read more often than not. I got my four ninety nine worth it. Um, I have no idea where the hell I got it, when I got it. It's like if you look at the the pages, if you uh-huh. look at how this thing looks, like oh yeah, that's nice oh, and yellow. This, this is this has seen some. There's the oh yeah yeah. This book has seen some reads. Yeah. Um, while while I credit Mabry for like my more recent like well thought out whole arc of story not based on something, these guys were really what I wanted to tell the story of because. I learned a lot of cool big words from Doom. Um, Eldridge, I learned who H.P. Lovecraft was through this because they were like, these things look straight up Lovecraftian. And I was like, what's a Lovecraftian? What yeah. is that? I didn't know what that was. was. Like, Is that a real word, Lovecraftian? Who? What is that? Is that a description of something? I'm dumb. I'm in middle school. I'm like sixth, seventh grade or whatever when that came out. That was probably the book that, I, I, I feel like just the relationships, the dynamics, the discussions, all of that went into me writing Fubar. Like, yes, very Mabry-esque, but also very Doom-esque. That right there, that was such a good thing. But if I had to circle back to one, it would be Doom. It's young adult. I think it was also the first book that I read with some mild swearing. And I was like, he said, damn. <laughs> he said, hell. Ooh. You know, and I'm all excited, but like, so, so it was just like stuff like that. That's not in the game. This is before there were, there was the crappy rock movie. Um, this is like back in the day, by the way, the crappy rock movie should have been based off this damn book. And that's what they should have did. Right. But that's just my opinion. Right. But yes, doom, the, the novelization, the, the series is good up until the fourth book, which gets a little weird, but one and two are just chef's kiss. Nice. Much nice. like my books. They're great at the first two. <laughs> the best part about having these stories is bringing us, it, it brings us closer to understanding others, right? Because we can have these conversations and we can connect. Yeah. But it also helps us escape. So this goes back to the escapism. It helps us escape from the mundane or, um, you know, if, if, you're, if you have a really shitty home environment, sometimes sitting and reading a book that takes you away, that helps you escape. So there's so many re- there's so many reasons and, and for, why people read. You know, I have all of my questions. You have answered all of my questions. All right. Uh, go forth and be magical is the tagline for the show. Uh, so you can say it. Some people have like you know, sent, like I've had people sing it. I've had people do like a Shakespearean voice. You can do whatever <laughs> you want as long as you please say, "Go forth and be magical." Oh, you're not going to ask a a voice actor to do all kinds of possibilities. I mean, I could do the Shakespearean, be like, go forth and be magical. Uh, We have that. (laughs) Uh, We got Shaggy from Scooby-Doo. Like, "Like, go forth and be magical, man. Real magical. Or I could just do it regular and be like, go forth and be magical. (laughs) 